and welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. Our mission, to make government contracting better, one contract at a time. Whether you work for government or industry, we're here to help you understand how the other side thinks. This episode is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition Solutions. Skyway helps companies of all sizes know more, do more, and win more in the government market. Skyway's coaching and support have helped customers win over $1 billion in contracts awards, and they can help you too. Visit skywayacquisition.com to get started. Today's topic is about a great way to make government contracting better and easier. Let's get started. Hey, Kevin. Today, we're going to talk about using simplified acquisition procedures to acquire commercial items. We are. There's a special part of the FAR called FAR 13.5, and it's a specific way to use simplified acquisition procedures to buy things that are commercial for worth up to $7 million. It's a better way to get more done faster and, in most cases, cheaper. So it's worth talking about today. Before we get specific on FAR 13.5, let's rewind and talk about what FAR Part 13 is. FAR Part 13 describes simplified acquisition procedures. So the threshold for using this part to do things more simply is $150,000. And the FAR actually says policy is to use simplified acquisition procedures as much as practicable. The important thing to know here is this is for small businesses only. You can't use simplified acquisition procedures to buy things from large businesses. The, the idea is that FAR 13 is specifically to support small businesses. Lots of transactions are done in this area. It still promotes competition. In fact, it says to the extent practicable, and, and there's a, the quote in there, is they consider the use of at least three sources. So they're getting quotes. It's still co- competition. So you could get six quotes, but you only right. need three. So don't get more than three. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so let's talk about the commercial version of this. FAR 13.5. This is simplified procedures for certain commercial items. This was a test program for years, like maybe a decade, but as of July 2nd of 2015, it is now a permanent part of the FAR that authorizes the use of simplified acquisition procedures to buy commercial things up to $6.5 million. And, and technically, the, the, the number out there right now is $7 million, but the FAR, the FAR actually says 6.5, but it is going to be changing up to $7 million in the next, whenever they do the next FAR update. Yep. And you can use it, if you're a contracting officer, you can use it up to six and a half or $7 million. If you expect that offers will include only commercial items. So the goal here is if you're buying something that is available commercially, use simplified acquisition procedures. It allows for more flexibility. It's, uh, the idea is it maximizes the efficiency and economy of, of the market that already exists, and it minimizes the burden of managing contracts on both sides. Yeah, it's not a big source selection, not a lot with the bids, not a lot with the evaluations. And these are used a lot in the what we call the consumable side, things like services, smaller operational military bases, small offices that buy lots of things that are under 150000 You may see a lot of this. And, but if you're, not, if you're not seeing it, it might be because you don't know about it, and that's why we're talking about it today. And you don't have to compete if you're using FAR 13.5. It can be used for sole source. Simplified acquisition procedure acquisitions are actually exempt from the requirements of FAR Part 6 that, that talks about competitions and, and how to justify other than full and open competition. 
but they still need to be justified in writing by the contracting officer and approved. The CO can approve at a certain level. The threshold for who has to approve things goes up the chain the higher the price. And this is funny right now. The FAR actually includes all the thresholds from FAR Part 6 where it says above $62.5 million, you have to go like to the agency head. But we're talking about some flight acquisition procedures where you can only only go up to $7 million or so. So somebody a, didn't edit very well there. This is an example of what happens when you copy and paste the fall. <laughs> It doesn't just happen in proposals and RFPs. Yeah. So how does how does thirteen five how does this streamline the process? Well, the biggest one for me is that, and again, this is right out of the FAR thirteen five zero one. There are only four things that the contracting officer has to document. Number one is a, br- a brief written description of the procedures they use to you know, award the contract, and you know things like specifically how did you how did you decide on this one, etc. The next one is the number of offers. How many offers did you get? Which should and be then, three. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and then a tailored explanation of basis for contract award decision. Why did this one beat that one? Could, could have been price, could have been whatever, but you got to justify that. And then the fourth thing is, did, was this sole source? And if it was, where's the documentation that you have for justifying it? Yep, so that sounds like a one-pager to me. Yeah. It, by, now, before everybody freaks out, consider most of these, the design behind this is for things under $150,000 which for small businesses is a lot of money. I get that. But for the government, that's not, most things you buy are going to be more than that. <laughs> some agencies will say it that way. So this is a really effective way to get stuff done. And it's specifically for small businesses. So really you, you think about, okay, you're spending $100,000 with a one-page document. If it's the right purchase, that's not a bad thing. We're getting things done faster. All right, linking this back to our acquisition time zones. This, this helps you skip some of the zones. Zone one is the requirement zone. That's what problem are we trying to solve? Zone two is the market research zone. That's who can solve this. Then zone three and four are the RFP zone and the source selection zone, which are really, you're not doing much of those. Your, your RFP can be very simple, and then you get three sources and you pick one. So there's not a lot of source selection involved. And An example would be you can put this as a, a notice on the Federal Business Opportunities page, but you don't actually have to. So right there, you, you could be skipping a large chunk of the RFP zone, and you're still doing it. You're still having a some kind of a quote process, but it's nothing nearly as complex as what's in FAR Part 15. And then your decision tree, again, you're still doing it. It's just it may take 5% the amount of time, as you said. A lot of these three, this guy's better because he has more past performance, he has a better product, and his He's price cheaper. is cheaper. Yep. Done. Yeah. Oh, and keep in mind, this is only for commercial items. So before you get too excited that you can go buy, you know, six and a half million dollars worth of specialized equipment, it better be available on Amazon. <laughs> right. Before you make that argument. So why is this so important? It's important because this is a faster, cheaper way for both sides to get things done. Faster for the government to buy stuff and for the commercial industry folks to sell stuff. If you and, are... Right, go on. Sorry. And well, one, I just thought of one. And for the user to get it. Remember, the purpose of contracting is to give the person who needs something the connection to somebody who can make that something. The user can get the product, fa- product or service faster through this process. So when you're, you're serving your customer, right? The customer is the person that has a need. You can shorten the, the cycle to get them to something a lot. So it helps industry because it's a lot less work to bid on these kind of things, et cetera. Helps government because 
it's faster, but also helps the user. Let's not forget that. That's the guy we're actually doing all this for, guy or gal. Good point. And politically correct. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we try. Let's be specific about the government. Why should the government care about FAR 13.5, this, this simplified acquisition procedure for commercial items? If you're buying a lot of commercial goods and services, if this is what you do in your government office, 13.5 should be your first stop. You should consider it for everything you buy. You should, I think you should have to justify why you're not using it if you're buying commercial <laughs> goods and services are you, worth are less you making, than $6.5 million. Am I making more policy? I was going to say, you're making the case for a new, a new regulation? No, no, I take that back. That's <laughs> the, not what I meant at all. But you really just, should use this as your first option. And, and let me give you an example. Is When I worked at Special Operations Command, I bought all kinds of big stuff using FAR Part 15. But I also used FAR 13.5 to buy, I, don't, I want to say it's not smaller stuff. It, I mean, they're still over six, five, six million dollar contracts, but it was commercial items. So you can use this process. Just because you work in an agency that, that's not used to using it doesn't mean it isn't the best solution because we, we took what would have, would have been probably a six month source selection with all kinds of extra stuff and we knocked it out in like six weeks because it was a commercial item. And it was the same steps. We still got samples. We still we did all that. And we still had the, the, the user actually look at the individual items and decide which one is better. We still did the same stuff. It just took six weeks instead of six months. So yeah, it can I, be done in your agency. I think there are some agencies and offices that are so used to doing things the way they've always done them. It's almost like they're allergic to this kind of stuff because they, they never even consider it. They just get caught in that loop of doing this is how we buy stuff same way same way same way this is it's not new but it's now permanent in the far it's the way to go and and yeah that that's probably one of the big reasons is that it is permanent and i know this sounds kind of kind of silly but if you think about it the first time i used it i remember thinking i better use it now before i can't use it again i actually had the conversation because it got renewed every year every great but it's gonna go away hurry up yeah Yeah, don't get used to it it's 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 too good yeah it's too good they're gonna ruin it That's a good. So now, now that it's permanent, it's. I honestly believe it's worth the time to learn it because yeah. because the the powers that be have decided. You know what? Let's use more of this. So, all right, let's, let's flip it to why industry should care. Yes, let's do that. So, if you are a small business, you should know about it. You should know whether your target customers are using FAR thirteen five, and if they're not, you need to be talking to them and convince them to use it because this is the way to keep you from having to compete against large businesses. And it's also a lot faster way for you to get awards. And it's also a lot faster way for you to supply your product to the user. All of those are good things. Now, here's a really cool factor about this that I, that I want you to be aware of. Actually, two cool. Well, they're, they're, they're not cool for you, but they're, they're interesting to be aware of. The first one is a debriefing is not required. So there's one big downside of this. You always heard it. We, we did a whole, I think we did, it's a two-part uh, podcast we did about debriefings. Yeah. That's in the far part 15. They don't apply here. So understand that while there's all these great things to it as industry, when you go after a, a FAR 13.5 requirement and you don't win, you may get nothing, meaning like, hey, you didn't win. Just a letter it, that says, you lost, this guy won. Right. And and off, from experience, I wrote a letter that said, here's why you didn't win. Now give him some general information. Um, it said, you know, your <laughs> but price you were nice. High, Not right. everyone would do that. And, well, well, hang on. It's. <laughs> To be fair, some of our clients would that I mean, because I I'm not gonna tell you that our clients win every single thing they go after. Some of the things we haven't won, they we did get a letter that was like one page that said, you know, here are bullet points of what you didn't do right. 
or your price was too high or, you know, whatever, right? So there is some to that. But the point is it's not a formal debriefing. You're not entitled to squat, as painful as that is to hear. The second thing here is we talk about the 80-20 rule. I believe it was podcast number two. And the 80-20 rule says, and we made it up, by the way, and the 80-20 rule says that in the commercial market and on private sector, 80% of a, of a sale of a, of a business transaction, of a contract, normally is through relationships. They like what you do. They know, like, and trust you is the, is the lingo people use. 20% of that is going to be the actual process. Is your price reasonable? Do you actually understand how to write a contract, et cetera? Can you actually deliver on time? That's, that's the, the process. On the government side, that's flipped. It's 80% process. You got to, whether or not you're a small business, Sorry, you can't even come to play. Whether or not you have DCA compliance for your cost pricing, well, whatever the requirement is, there's a lot of process there. And then 20% of it is a relationship. Well, let me point out, in this case, in FAR 13, that 80-20 rule gets moved a little bit. Because remember, they're only, they're only required to go after to get three quotes. Well, who are those three quotes going to be? That's probably going to be based on relationships. So there yeah. is a good amount of that here. So maybe it's... 70 30 or, or, or 64 36 you know whatever but the point is it it there, there's still a rule there but it may not be 80 20 so be aware of that and don't be caught flat-footed when you think that this is not that different from far part 15 it is very different yeah you got to know how to make yourself one of those three yeah and that's a, that's a whole nother podcast <laughs> <laughs> not today all right let's wrap this up far 13.5 allows the government to buy commercial items less than six and a half or seven million dollars, a little fuzzy right now, but it allows it to buy them <laughs> by getting three quotes and moving forward. It is now a permanent part of the FAR. We should all be using this more. Keep in mind, we are simplifying this for the podcast. I mean, there's, there's, it is a whole FAR part, but the basic idea is there. You, you, in other words, what I mean by that is you may see an RFP in, in, in federal business opportunities for a FAR 13.5. Uh, requirement acquisition and what that means is that they're not limiting it to three they're opening it to everybody but they're still going to use those procedures which is how i used to do it but you still can use just the three so there's different ways to do this but we want you to generally understand how it works um and yeah the biggest thing is if 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 you sell commercial stuff you should know what this is because it allows us all to get more stuff if you buy or sell commercial stuff that that is can result in a less than seven million dollar contract this is the way to go. Yeah, which I can't think of. There are very few commercial things, unless you're SpaceX, <laughs> that your stuff doesn't cost, on a unit basis, doesn't cost less than $7 million. So just putting it out there. It's lots <laughs> of business to be had. All right, this is a good one, Paul. Thanks. Talk to you later. Okay, that's it for this week. As always, if you have questions, comments, or complaints, send me an email at paul at contractingofficerpodcast.com. Thanks for joining us. 